0: Welcome to Living For Him Podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart. Subscribe for future episodes and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Amen. Have you ever been so busy, so uh, moving at the rapid kind of rat race pace of life that you finally get to a place where it's kind of a... Life starts to speak to you in funny ways as it sometimes does. And you begin to realize, wait a minute, I'm not a machine. I can't just keep going and going and going like this and not burn out. And if you, if you, you know, sometimes you realize, hey, I just need to get away. I need to take a vacation. Or right? I need to get away for a weekend. I need to go on a spiritual retreat, a, a weekend retreat, a one-day retreat. I know the women just had a retreat. I heard it was powerful. You can get there, and sometimes if you're like me, you may even forget to take a vacation. You find yourself at the end of the year, and you go, yeah, I do have some vacation days. I probably need to do something. I probably need to get away, and it ends up sometimes, if you don't plan ahead, it becomes a staycation, right? Well, in 2014, my wife and I got to that place. This was before we had Eden, before we had Tommy. We decided, look, we're going to get away. We're going to go to Bermuda, our senior pastor at the time would always go and preach in Bermuda sometimes take his family would send some nice pictures and we said I think there's a cruise going to Bermuda Deidre let's get on this cruise and go and so we go to Bermuda and yes we did survive the Bermuda triangle we go on this cruise and it's like a second honeymoon we have an amazing time right I mean, our number one priority, as we get out and we set sail, we are on those deep, beautiful, dark, navy blue waters of the Atlantic Ocean. We did an eight-day cruise, so we're going out there. It takes a little time to get to Bermuda. So it's a little ways out there. We're on that water, and our main priority here now is to, and I want you just to kind of put yourself there. Some of you are probably like, you know what, we need to go ahead and book that cruise right away. We go, and, and our main priority here now is, we need to just eat, we need to sleep. We need to enjoy the beauty that surrounds us and enjoy quality time with one another. That was our priority. That's all we wanted to do. We're out there, there's this um, place called the Windjammer. We, we, you know, with the Jamaican dialect here, we said the Windjama. all right? And so we're on the, the cruise ship and there's this, this restaurant called the Windjammer and we ate to our heart's content. It was beautiful. And this place where you can eat at this, in this restaurant on the cruise ship, there's this beautiful kind of like window that kind of wraps around it that you can just see the beauty of all that ocean. And while we're there eating and we're, we're this captivating scene, there's dolphins just kind of swimming by. Some of y'all are there right now. Don't fall asleep. There's just dolphins just swimming by. We're just like, wow, this is amazing. As soon as we get close to Bermuda, you can see with sharp contrast the difference between the deep navy blue water of the ocean and the Atlantic Ocean and then in sharp contrast, it just shifts to this crystal clear water. You may have seen it maybe on postcards, on the internet. Crystal clear water where you can kind of see straight to the bottom the sand, the beige sand reflecting from the bottom. Almost just welcome you. Welcome to Bermuda. We get there. And the weather is wonderful. The people are friendly. We go snorkeling in this little cove right by the beach. And we see we see fish of many different colors and hues swimming by. And all the beauty that surrounds us. And we just go, oh, this is it. This is where it's at. There's something in our hearts that craves this type of beauty and this type of experience and peace and serenity. Does it not? There's something in our hearts that just is longing for something that feels so familiar to us. And and on this journey, I want to suggest to you that what our hearts are craving for, what I'm going to actually make the case for is, is that every heart is craving the rest of Eden. My, My daughter's name is Eden. Because the word Eden captures... The, the delight, the pleasure, all this is wrapped up in the word in the, in the original language. The delight, the pleasure, the, the uh, beauty, and the, and the word there is also sometimes translated as, uh, translated as paradise, okay? And so all that's wrapped up in this, wor- in this word Eden, and in this place, this is where, if you go back to the dawn of humanity, to the dawn of creation, this is where we first experienced rest. And as we're there in Eden, we can look around and we can see the compelling beauty of all that God has just made. And as we're there in this wonder, as we're there we find this deep-seated satisfaction because it's not just about a day, it's about an experience. There's something that they experienced in Eden that every human heart longs for. As a matter of fact, I'll suggest to you that this experience in Eden is pointing to a deeper rest. It's not the rest. It's, it's actually driving you. It's pointing you to a deeper rest that every human heart, atheists included, are seeking for. There's an unsettling in the world today. There is an uneasiness. There is a restlessness. Can you imagine if every human heart began to enter in to rest? Now watch this. Even if you're on the job. Even if you're busy, even if life is falling apart, there's something that this Edenic rest is pointing to that can give you rest not just on a day, but every day of your life. And so I want to invite you now, I want to invite you now to come with me back to the beginning of the story. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 2. Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. And I really do hope you brought your Bibles today because we're going to be digging into the word today. But I want to invite you there for a second because there we discover, again, where we first experienced rest. And I want you to follow the sequence of what's happening here. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 2, the Bible says this. It says, and on the seventh day, on which day? The seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done verse 3 then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which he God had created and made now I'm gonna pause here just to let you know that I'm only standing up here because I know some people that sit in the back have a very difficult time seeing when I'm down here but please know my heart is actually to be down here because I actually like to be closer to you. So don't feel like I'm kind of distant and I'm just kind of towering above you. I actually am more comfortable down there. But for many that need um, more of a visual, I'll be up here a little bit. I may come down every now and then, all right? But what we see here is that God rests, does he not? God rests, but he's not resting because he is tired. God is resting because he's finished. He's done. God sets this day aside. He says, look, I want to now get into celebration mode. I want to transition. I've completed this work. It's a completed work. It's a finished work. It's a what? It's a finished work and God simply wants to pause. He simply wants to stop. He simply wants to now take in everything. Kind of like when Deidre and I were on that cruise to Bermuda. And he just wants to take all that he made, all the beauty. He wants to take it all in. Now again, this is on the heels of him creating his crowning act of creation, which was us, humanity, right? Adam and Eve. And so God now, he looks at everything that he made. If you're in the previous chapter, a few verses before, uh, before where you just were, God looks at everything after he makes us, and he said it. Is very good. It's not just good, it's very good. Now you can't see this in English because, you know, language has nuance. In the original language of Hebrew, that word good is is mahod and very good is tov mahod. What it's basically saying is it's not just good, it's good, it's exquisite, it's functioning the way it's supposed to, it's beautiful. By the way, he said that after he created you. So you don't need affirmation from anybody else. God already told you you're beautiful, right? You're functioning the way I actually designed, well, actually our original design, how he originally wanted us to function, right? And we're moving back to that, right? But here it is. God stops, and he says it's good. Now watch this. This is the first Good Friday. This is the first good Friday. This is a Friday. This is the sixth day of the week. He creates us, and now God wants to get into celebration mode. God wants to get into rest mode. God wants us now to enjoy this thing that he just created, and he calls it good on Friday, but now it's Friday evening, and they're transitioning into something else that God wants to do. Now God decides he's going to literally weave into the next 24-hour space his own holiness and blessing. A sacred space in time. God decides that he now wants to take Adam and Eve. And he wants now for them to go and explore all the beauty, all the compelling wonder that's there in the garden. You ever notice that when people want to get away on vacation, they want to go to to places that are full of trees and mountains and hot water and birds flying and people smiling at them and giving them food? Hello, is anybody right now wanting to want to go? Yes. Okay. So there's a reason for this, right? It's, it's there in our minds. It's in our hearts and it somehow feels familiar. It feels like home. Does it not? Yeah. We're longing for this, especially if you're running in the rat race here in the West, right? Yeah. You're longing for it because we were actually created to experience God's rest, listen, as a gift of grace. Have you ever thought about that? They could not, on that first 24-hour, seventh-day Sabbath rest, look at anything that was around them. All the compelling beauty, right? Adam couldn't even look at Eve and go, yep, just the way, all my specifications, right? He couldn't do that. He could look at everything and go, I didn't contribute to any of this, but um, I guess we're called to enter into it and just enjoy it. This is what God does, right? It's kind of like he gives them an orientation on Friday, right? Name some animals, here's your wife, you know, take a look. Let's go for a ski with our feet, I don't know, (laughs) walking on water. Let's enjoy this. But guess what? No, no, now I want now to just take an entire day because relationships need time. They need what? They need time. No, I need a day right now with you. Let's, Let's just begin with rest. Let's just start with rest. Adam, I know you're going to go and enjoy tending the garden and doing all these wonderful things, but first I want to start with rest. Now understand this rest is not inactivity. It's not sleep. It is literally transitioning. God's saying, modeling for us. I was just doing this. I'm stopping now. I'm finished. I've completed it. You didn't contribute to it, but now I want you to enter into the rest and enjoy it. Rest. Shift from this activity to this activity, to peace, to serenity, to celebration, to joy, to relationships. Because God wants to deepen his relationship now with Adam and Eve, his children. And he needs time to do it. And so God gives rest, if you wants to go and put that next slide up, God gives rest as a gift of grace for all. He gives rest as a gift of grace for, for all. Notice that there's no Israelite, there's no Jew, right? It's not for a select group. This is for everybody. All of humanity would come through Adam and Eve. And so what he's giving as a gift of grace that they didn't contribute to, but are called to enter into and enjoy is for everybody, right? The first rule here is, I need you to rest. Now, I can throw this in for our our husbands and our wives, God also gave another command before he said rest. He said, uh, be fruitful and multiply. So you connect the dots on that one. But, 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 but he said rest, right? Okay, and so now, and I want you guys just to imagine for a second, those of you that may be looking for a job or maybe you're on a job and you're sending your resume out because you're looking for a job somewhere else. I want you to think of this scenario. Imagine that you go now and you get a job. You do an interview, you get a job, and the HR department says, okay, I want you to do the orientation. You do the orientation, after you do the the orientation, they say, okay, your first day is next week. And your first day, what we wanna do is give you a two week vacation to Hawaii. That's your first day. That's the first order of business. Go on a two week vacation. By the way, this is not taking away from any of your other holiday uh, and, 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 and days off and vacation time. You still get those, but this is just a bonus. We're just giving it to you as a gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't work an hour or even half an hour on the job yet, but it's just something we're going to give to you. How many of you want to work there? All right? See, they're saying, we want you to, before you start working within our company, we want to first give you rest. All right? Because we want you to work from a place of rest. What God has always wanted for us. He's setting a pattern for us. And you need to watch how it unfolds as we continue this story. Because here it is now. They're resting, they're enjoying, they're celebrating all that God has just created. And Jesus comes around now, go with me to Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Jesus comes around now in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, and he's speaking to the legalistic Pharisees that want to make the Sabbath a burden. And he's saying, look, you're getting this whole thing wrong. He says, I want you to understand what I actually intended the Sabbath to be. he says this Jesus in Mark chapter 2 verse 27 Jesus it says he said to them the Sabbath was made for man the Sabbath was made for what for man and not man for the Sabbath it was made for you not you for it it's a gift for you you don't serve it it now it serves you in order that you may rest right But as you continue on in the story, as we fell into sin, you understand that we not only, as as humanity began to forget about God and our relationship to him, but humanity, as sin began to do its work on our planet, began to also forget about God's date day. That's 24 hours space and vacation time every week to be with you. We began to forget about it, right? And And so as that begins to happen now, uh, the, the, the story continues on because God says, I've got a rescue plan. You see the shift from Genesis 11, which is more universal, speaking more to humanity, transitions now to Genesis 12. God's solution now to the Tower of Babel. All the nations are spread. They're spread out speaking different languages. They're forgetting about God, right? And God says, here's the solution. I'm calling Abraham out to bring all of them in. This is, by the way, the principle for a remnant. I'm calling someone out to retain the truth about my love and character, right? Right? In order to bring everybody else in. And so he calls Abraham out and he gives him that promise, that covenant promise, that's going to now cause all the nations of the earth to be blessed. Are you hearing the heart of God here? His desire for the nations is blessing. What specific blessing? The blessing of redemption through Jesus Christ. The blessing of coming to know the truth about his character of love. The blessing inclusive of Sabbath. So he calls them out. He calls them out to preserve this truth about himself. But as you know, as his descendants continued on and it became the children of Israel, they ended up in Egypt and became slaves for 400 years. Do you think Pharaoh allowed them to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath as they were slaving away in Egypt for 400 years? And so what do you think happened to their remembering of this date day with God every week? It either stopped or they began to forget about it or they began to long for it. They want it, right? Either way, they're unable to experience it. And so I want you to pay close attention now to Exodus chapter 16 if you want to go there. We're going to be going into the word this morning. Uh, Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. I want you to listen to this. Because remember, this is before Sinai, right? This is speaking to, again, this is a gift of grace for all. The only reason he's calling them out is because he wants them to preserve and reintroduce this gift to the world, right? And so here it is, verse 23, the Bible says this. It says, Then he said to them, this is God speaking through Moses, this is what the Lord has said, Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Now I want you to skip down to verse 26. It says, six days you shall gather it, talking about what you're going to get to eat and so forth in the field, the manna and so forth. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. The seventh day, the Sabbath. He's reintroducing to them something either they were longing for or had forgotten about, right? And then now go to verse 28. Now this, verse 28 and 29, is startling. If you understand it, this is before chapter 20. Before Sinai, watch what God says here in verse 28. He says this. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my what? Commandments and my laws, which by the way, Jesus later on will say they are laws of love. Laws of love, right? The principle of love. Verse 29, see, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on six days bread to eat for two. This is before the commandments, but now let's move over to those commandments. Go with me now, just a few pages over to Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse actually two, because you know, uh, as Sabbath-keeping Christians, and if you are a guest here, we're, we're so happy that you're here. Uh, as you can tell, we we worship on Saturday, right? But 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 I want you to understand that the Jews, uh, they when they read the Ten Commandments, we tend to want to start it in verse number three. Am I right? Or verse number four? Right? We We tend to start it with, you know, thou shalt not. Okay. They don't start it there. Do you know where they start? Commandment number one, they start it in verse one. Okay. So I want you to read how this reads. We're not going to read all of it. We're just going to read these two verses here. Well, these three. Begins in verse 1, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. I want you to understand that grace always sets the context for keeping any commandment from God. That should have just erupted in shouts and hallelujahs, and I should have said amen and got off the stage. You see, God does not give you any commandment or law until he first redeems you. Until he first gives you the promise and hope of grace. You see, the context for them to keep commandments was, look, I just saved you, therefore I promise you're not going to want to have any other gods before. By the way, if you read this in the the original language in Hebrew, that's what it would have sounded like to you. I just delivered you. I just saved you. Therefore, now I'm going to reintroduce myself to you, Agnes. I am the Lord, your God. I'm reintroducing myself. It's been 400 years. Let's get, let's get acquainted again, right? Uh, I am the Lord, your God. I just brought you out like knight in shining armor, came, rescued you, brought you out. And now we're in a relationship now. So I promise you in this relationship, you're not going to want to have any other gods before me, Right? And you can go on down the line. Now let's go down to that fourth commandment. Hear that now in the context of grace. Listen to this. Verse 8. Now all of us could probably say this by heart. We're going to just quickly go through it. And then you're going to get a kind of aha moment here in a second. The Bible says in verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. Verse 11. For in six days, for in what? Six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed. The Sabbath day and hallowed it. Borrowing language from Genesis chapter 2 where we read almost verbatim. God is letting you know, hey, the reason I need this date day with you is because I'm your creator. Am I right? And I want you to understand, if you just summarize that commandment, that Sabbath command, remember it's in the context of grace. If you just summarize, you know what he's saying? I'm your creator and therefore I want you to rest, because I modeled it back in creation. I want you to rest and then I want you to give rest. want you to hear that i want you to rest and i want you to give rest to those that are in your spheres of influence that you have any kind of influence over don't rob them of rest as a matter of fact your animals need to rest too now that's him saying by the way that's him saying i need you to rest because i'm your creator but now this is about 40 years later skip over now to Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5, last book of the Torah, last book of of the writings there of Moses, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, chapter 5, Moses in essence in Deuteronomy is repeating now the journey of the children of Israel, he's about to die, right, he doesn't go in, and he's repeating also the commandments, remember it's in the context of grace, God's been very gracious because he didn't just wipe them out, some of them just kind of died off, right, But, I want you to watch this now, after these 40 years of wandering, he now says, look, I'm going to repeat this Ten Commandments to you. Let's go down to verse number 12. If you read there verse 12 to 15, he's repeating the Sabbath commandment. We just read it in Exodus, right? But go to verse 15, because it has the same characteristics as it does in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, with the exception of verse 15. Look what it says in verse 15. The Bible says this, it says, And remember that you were a slave. You were a what? Slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out. Brought you out from there by a mighty hand. Look at the imagery here. And by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. You see, the first reason to rest and give rest, is he's your creator. But now, the but now as, as we're moving down into the story, and we'll see this unfold in greater detail in a moment, the reason is because he is your redeemer who saved you. That's why you need to keep Sabbath day. You see, the point here is, and if we want to go to the next slide, the point here is, is that God is inviting you into the weekly rhythm of Sabbath rest because your creator is also your redeemer who saved you. It's very much like if your parents, right, who procreated you, am I right? Cooperating with God, they came together. Do I need to get any more descriptive than that? No. All right. And so you, you come into existence, amen? Okay. And, and then you kind of, through life, you come to some dire straits. You have needs, right? And they kind of stepped in to help. Am I right? Okay. Well, this is why I respect my father so much. Because my father, when I was a little baby, we were living in New York, And my father was, I guess, out in the living room somewhere. My mom recounts this story for me. And somehow the TV that was in the room where I was, a little baby in the crib, caught fire. Smoke was filling the entire room. And my father rushes in, picks up the TV that's on fire with his bare hands. You know, parents, you just rush in. You're not thinking of, save my child, right? And he picks that thing up, runs into the bathroom, drops it in the tub, and as soon as he does that, it explodes. Didn't think twice. God miraculously spared him. I don't know. It must have been a miracle. Okay? I have no idea. I'm just Google goggling in the crib. You see? You see, my father, who along with my mother, procreated me, became now my savior. This is, th- th- this is moving us closer now as to what people are, are longing for when it comes to that rest that Eden is pointing us to. Your Creator is your Redeemer. This is good news. You see, this is something that has been done for you. You didn't contribute to it. Did you contribute to creation? No. Did you, create, did you contribute to Him delivering you out of Egypt? No. Rest. Enjoy it. Spend time with your Creator and your Redeemer. Revel in the beauty and the wonder of His grace. And rest. This is why we need to guard... The experience of rest for ourselves and for others. That's why we don't invite people. That's why we don't work and we don't try to cause other people to work. You know why? Because I need to rest and I need to give rest. I need to rest and I need to extend rest. You know why? Because that's what God, our creator and redeemer, modeled in Eden. He rested. Not because he's tired. Not because he's wiping the sweat off his brow. No. Man, you, you, you guys are going to want to do this, Right? Especially, I, I'm foreseeing this after sin. You're going to need some time to just rest, right? So I'm going to rest, and then I'm going to give rest. Adam, and Eve, here you go. Enjoy. Rest. Give. Rest. Go with me. Exodus 31. Exodus 31. There's something else that's beautiful and special about this gift of rest. And that is, in Exodus, Moses, again, is speaking before he passes. A little bit earlier here, Exodus chapter... Thirty-one, verse 13. Exodus 31 verse 13. Oh, I love this. He says, speak also to the children of Israel, saying, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign. It is a what? A sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I want you to experience this rest every single week. Enter into the rhythm of it. Why? Because I don't just make a day holy, I make you holy. That's not your work, that's my work. As you stay in the relationship. You want to go to the next slide? Look, God says, look, you need to enter into this rest because it's a sign that God makes you holy. He saves you, right? You didn't contribute to that. And then he invites you now, stay in this relationship. And as we stay in this relationship, I chip away and make you more and more like myself. And by the way, holiness is equivalent to being more loving. Say it again, CJ. Holiness is equivalent to being more loving. Look at the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. When when the Holy Spirit enters your life and you become more and more like him, you become more loving like Jesus Christ. Even to those you don't agree with or are your enemies, hello? You become more loving the more holy you become. But it's not your work, it's his work as you stay in the relationship. It's very much like a wedding ring. See, a wedding ring kind of sets someone aside, right, in our culture. Someone now belongs to somebody else. There's a unique relationship that they have with this person that they don't have with anybody else. And so it just becomes a sign that reveals that they're in that type of committed, faithful relationship, right? That marriage covenant relationship. And the Sabbath becomes that kind of an indicator, right? Oh, they're so deeply in love with him that they want to do all that he says. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will. It's not like, if you love me, then you better keep it. No, the context, if you even read that in the original, what it's saying is, if you love me, oh yeah, you'll, you'll keep it. You'll keep my commandment because we're in love. It's out of gratitude. It's out of love for your Creator. But then, you know, of course, through time, Israel begins to forget their God. They begin to become unfaithful and un- a corporate unfaithful spouse to the Lord, to Yahweh. And God has to raise up prophets to try and bring them back to a relationship with Him. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 20. We don't have time to go there, but I'll just simply read it to you. He literally grabs the same language that Moses used in Exodus 31, verse 13. And basically says, hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you. That language of me and you is, is covenant relationship, it's a love relationship, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Let me tell you what that's equivalent to. We need this time to be together because. Relationships need time, right? I know you've got to work, but we need time. It's like marriage language. We need time that's set aside, why? Because this time together kind of declares between us and to anyone else that's looking on, man, they're really serious about their relationship. How many of you guys have a date day, right? Or a date night, I'm sorry, I'm, I, my day off is date day. Excuse me, I give her the whole day, all right. Uh, date night, right? You just, or, or maybe you just spend time, however you do it, right? You set aside time because there's an intimate relationship there, and relationships need time. But of course, they failed to keep covenant, but Jesus came and fulfilled covenant, amen? Where we have messed up, he was faithful the entire way. And as we come to our close here, we want to go now to what Jesus says as he's addressing again the religious leaders of his day, again wanting to make the Sabbath a burden. And he says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 8, you don't got to go there, I'll just read it to you. He says, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. We just read in Ezekiel that if you keep this date day with God, you will know that he is the Lord, your God. Jesus comes around and does something unmistakable. He says, this is the Lord's day, and guess who I am? The Lord. I'm here I'm in the flesh we can now spend time even closer right no veil between you can actually see me and see my smile when I'm talking to you right and so look I'm Lord of this day and so in essence what he's saying if you want to move to the next slide Jesus is saying look you need to enter into this rest because Jesus is the one who gives and defines rest don't miss this Jesus is the one who gives rest and he defines rest as the Lord of the Sabbath. You buy something from a manufacturer, they give it to you maybe through you buying it, right? And then afterwards, they give you instructions, right? On how to best experience that thing, right? Yes. Okay, so Jesus says, look, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, so I give it, I define it. He says in Matthew 11:28 to 29, "Come to me, and I will give you rest. Yes. Jesus in his own life, uh, not only taught, but also modeled keeping Sabbath. If you were to go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 12, we don't have time to go there, but it basically says it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath, right? He defines that. He makes people whole. It's all about other people. He's serving them. He's healing them, right? Sight to the blind. Jesus is modeling for us in his very life and experience how we keep it. Then if you go down to Luke chapter 4 verse 16, Jesus goes home, he high-fives his Sabbath school teachers, he goes to synagogue, he sees his friends from Pathfinders, Jesus enters into corporate worship on Sabbath. Elsewhere in the Bible it will say that the Sabbath is a holy convocation, meaning coming together. I give rest, I extend rest, I model rest. But I told you that our hearts are longing for a deeper rest. As you get ready to sing our next song, I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to our hearts today. You see, what Jesus accomplished at the cross is what has truly given us rest. The rest of Eden that you did not contribute to, but you benefit from to this day, right? When you see a rainbow, you see the beauty of nature, you didn't contribute to that. But every Seventh-day Sabbath, God invites you into it. Enjoy it. Look, Sabbath is not just about coming here. Look, the party starts on Friday evening and goes all the way to Sabbath evening, Saturday evening, right? But Jesus now, 4,000 years after creation, goes to the cross on another Good Friday. This is the second Good Friday. Hello. And Jesus takes all of your sin, and he suffers on the cross on your behalf securing your salvation. And even in death, models now rest. Your Creator is your Redeemer. Enter in to the rest that I have secured for you. You didn't contribute to this, but I want you to enjoy it. See, Jesus says, look, enter into this rest. Some of us may need to re-examine our Sabbath experience. It's that you, some, some people have the right day but the wrong experience, and others have the right experience with Christ but the wrong day. It may imagine what would happen to the world if we did both. Who wants to enter into his rest today? We're gonna. If you believe that, you want to enter into his rest, he gifts it to you as something you don't earn. It's drawing you to what your heart is longing for when you're stressed. It gives you the assurance that you don't have to earn and work to earn your salvation or victory over sin. No, God declares you, you are saved in Jesus Christ. You have victory. Now work from a place of rest. You don't work for it. You work from Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, subscribe to this podcast, and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.